The American, Chapter 10, by Matthew C. McLean, A Shorthand Missile Tale. Not that I should have been anything but grateful regardless of how Sophie secured my release from Capan prison. A murder by an American on foreign soil was complicated business, only made more so by the fact that the victim was a powerful man. Like all powerful men, Verdicchio had enemies that were happy to see him go, but none so much that they would have been willing to intercede on my behalf. I had, after all, killed an old man. The, re the police reports left out that he had tortured Sophie before my arrival. With her dying breath, my wife, Cheryl, had asked me to protect Sophie. I had failed in that, so I didn't let his age stop me. Afterwards, the American consulate seemed to prefer to pretend that I didn't exist. I spent over two years in Capan, with only breaks to be shuttled back and forth across the plains of Umbria, between the prison's routine and the indecipherable proceedings of the courthouse. I began those days sitting in a cold cell and ended them in front of jurists who spoke in tongues I didn't try to understand. After a while, it just became an interlude where I enjoyed a car ride with some Italian sunshine and watched the golden hills of Umbria go by. Capan wasn't so bad either. Yeah, the prison was an ancient cold stone box and there were cockroaches everywhere, but not so many as to be too bold. They at least had the decency to scatter when the lights came on. The same couldn't be said for my fellow inmates. Starved for sunlight, they gravitated toward any illumination which I suppose explained how many of them reconciled with their old religions. I didn't. Through the court proceedings and inevitable corruption around them, how I arrived in Capan leaked back to the other prisoners. It resonated in a change of how I was viewed, a hostility I could feel even through the barriers of language and culture. Capan was filled with would-be gangsters, bona fide mafiosos, smugglers, small-time thieves, and big-time crazies. I kept waiting for one of Verdicchio's buddies to send someone with a shiv my way, but weeks turned into months, and it never happened. One day I learned why. I was drying myself after a shower when a man stepped around the corner and into the room. I always faced the exit as being naked places anyone in a vulnerable spot, and I was expecting someone to, uh, to eventually take advantage of that. But he didn't look anything like I expected. He was short, swarthy, with a beard of dark curls. He wore one of the wool caps the Muslim prisoners seemed to prefer. He was younger than first inspection might have estimated. His hands were clasped in front of him. Certain that he had my attention, he said, Assalamu alaikum. I knew what that phrase meant, but 
considering I'd been carrying a rifle most of the times that hurt it, I was never quite sure how to respond. That day I only had a towel, so I went with, and peace be with you. You will pardon me interrupting your ablutions, but privacy is so difficult to come by here. His words were quiet and soft. I felt threatened anyway, so asked, should I bother asking where the guard went? He declined his head slightly, a small bow to the realities of Capan. He was reassured I had meant you no harm, so only a small bribe was necessary to provide us a few moments alone. Okay. I wrapped my towel around myself and straightened up so I towered over him. Why don't we start with why I'm talking to you instead of being knifed by one of the gangster wannabes running around this place? Could give someone quite the reputation if they made their bones with me. He smiled as if it pleased him that I knew this. The men you speak of were aware of your deed before your arrival. Or at least the important ones were. However, the death of Verdicchio has caused a power vacuum. There are, he paused as if searching for the right word, which surprised me. His English was excellent. There are factions. Your fate, as it were, has become a bargaining chip between them. Each side has promised the retributions should another steal the honor of killing you. As to the former, you served in the U.S. Army. Marine Corps. Ah, even better. There are many of my brethren who arrived here after fleeing the wars in Iraq and Syria. Some of them fought there. I was beginning to get the idea, so I echoed his, Ah, indeed. Some of them see your arrival here as the prophet's providence, an enemy delivered into our hands. <laughs> so how many different groups in this place want me dead? His smile became earnest, seeing me enjoy a better humor in this situation. It is hard to say. His smile fell away behind the curtain of his beard. But if one of my fellows were to injure you, it would greatly anger the other factions. The result would be much bloodshed. And you don't want that. He nodded. And I do not want that. I suddenly wish that we could sit down and have some coffee, discuss this like civilized people, but such luxuries were a long way off. What are you suggesting? My visitor made a steeple of his hands. If you were to convert, it would prevent my fellow supplicants from harming you. But whoever kills a believer intentionally is recompenses hell, wherein he will abide eternally, and Allah shall become angry with him. It will also provide you with our protection. He must have correctly interpreted my skepticism because he continued with, Your conversion would be seen as a victory for us. <laughs> I couldn't help but give another short, bitter laugh. My visitor's eyes narrowed, the closest thing I'd seen in, to anger in him. Not caring if that's how things went, I said, What's your name? Here? I am called Tariq. He paused, then added, Everyone in Kaban knows your name. 
but they simply refer to you as the American. I let my stare fall to the floor. Eh, that makes sense. There was nothing for me in the blackened mold between the shower tiles. So I said, Look, Tariq, I appreciate the offer, but I can't do that. My first refusal was probably a part of Tariq's plan. Completely unfazed, he replied, Why is that? Allah Akbar. I thought about that for as long as I could in the short time we had. I didn't want to alienate the one person in this place who didn't want me dead. In the end, I met his eyes and said, I do not believe as you believe. That answer, perhaps the honesty of it, paused Tariq. He rubbed his chin, perhaps consulting his conscience. Others before you have made the declaration of faith with less than a whole heart to avoid death, then found Allah's mercy later. It was my turn to demonstrate some knowledge. The shahada requires it be taken in sincerity, in front of witnesses. I wouldn't presume to lie to you, your brethren, or your god. After a moment, I added, maybe foolishly, or myself. Tariq's demeanor changed at this. He didn't become angry, but his expression flattened. That is unfortunate. I'm sorry. I was. I was turning away the only person who wanted to help me in that ancient place of captivity and degradation. Without our protection, you will most likely die here, American. The closest thing to a threat Tariq had made, those words made me think about Cheryl, dead in Venice without anyone to bury her because I was here too stupid to have avoided the police. As I felt that old, cold anger rise up, I heard Cheryl's voice, calming as always, telling me at least Sophie was okay, I'd gotten her to help in time, and Tariq was the closest thing I had to an ally right now. All I took out of that, though, was a reminder I would never see my wife again. Whatever empathy I felt for Tariq was supplanted by that so thoroughly I thought about killing him. His corpse in the shower would send a message to the others about trying to make peace with the American, and it would most likely spur the others into ending this. Tariq must have sensed that. His eyes became shielded and he took a step back. That pulse of fear allowed me to keep my anger in check. Instead of bashing his head into the wall, I said, Yeah. He blinked the fear out of his eyes, there one second, gone the next. It was replaced by recognition, maybe seeing in me something he had seen in his home country many times before. I see. I apologize. I did not realize that is what you wished. The strong is not one who overcomes the people by his strength, but the strong is the one who controls himself while in anger. The words were faintly familiar, but I couldn't quite place them, so I only replied with a scholarly, What? Tariq, again, declined his chin slightly, merely an observation. With that, Tariq turned and went, leaving me to my fate. I don't know what he did after that, but regardless of my resistance to conversion, 
My conversation with Tariq must have left a positive impression on him. The other Haji in the place decided to take a pass. In the end, it was the stubbornness of the Italians that saved me. Predictably, there were hotheads who wouldn't wait for the dispute amongst the elders to resolve on who'd got to kill me. Those weren't hard to deal with. They were braver than they were smart, and they never had much of a plan, and I wasn't simply going to roll over for them. The old mustachios running Capan, though, thought they had all the time in the world to deal with me. They weren't in a rush. Until one day I was given my old clothes and a room to change in, then let out onto the flat blacktop that was the prison's parking lot. Leaning against an old super mini was Sophie, scarred and beautiful. She was brushing blonde hair out of her green eyes and smiling at me in a way that made me expect to wake up at any second. Instead of disappearing, though, the closer I walked to her, the more real she became. She'd been someplace where she got some sun, a few freckles dotting the skin on her cheeks and nose, only marred by the knife marks Verdicia had left on her. Still half a hand taller than me, I smiled up at her and wanted to ask how. But she just stepped away from the car and opened the passenger side, gesturing for me to get in. I met Atwell later the same day at a rest stop near the Swiss border. That took some of the shine off, but I figured if someone like Sophie cared enough about me to go to all of this trouble, maybe I had something worth living for.